What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Ball Bold and Gold. This week, we cover everything we missed in college football while we were busy in the lots in South Bend, including another win for Wake Forest and another loss for Dabo Sweeney. We recap a dominant Irish win over our rivals and dedicate a good amount of time to praising Kyrie Williams for everything that he is. A short preview of Sam Howell and the Tar Heels for this upcoming Saturday night. And as always, we give our picks for this weekend's best games. Hope you enjoy, and I'll pass it back to the bald men. You brought this up last week, but you said it was kind of the perfect week in college football for us to be tailgating in the lots, you know, basically the entire day. And I have to say, I agree with that because, you know, the Irish, you know, while it wasn't that exciting, I don't feel like I really missed a whole lot else. I guess we missed nine overtimes, the big 10 Clemson losing. But other than that, like, you know, I don't feel like I was robbed of elite college football on Saturday. The Deeks uh, did score. The Deeks scored seventy points in seventeen minutes of possession. So that's that, a lead, that's a lead offense. That would have been a fun one to watch. I was surprised that Army gave up as much as they could. I just don't understand how you score that many points without having the ball. But the box score is pretty funny. I think uh, I don't I, I don't think uh, Wake punted once. Um, so I it, think do, that it doesn't fun. make sense. Like without yeah. watching a snap from the game, it doesn't make sense. I I still don't understand it. I think Sam Hartman's or Sam Hartman is really, really good. I still don't know if he's going to be a Heisman contender because I don't know if the team's good enough. But man, that dude, that dude can play. Uh, I still would think they'd need to go undefeated, but you know, if they, this this makes for a very interesting month of November if they keep winning football games. Um, yeah, as far as like other stuff that went on around the country, like some of the big dogs rolled. Michigan, Michigan struggled a little bit early. D, we were watching that game. Uh, early, but Michigan rolled. Michigan ended up rolling. Ohio State rolled. Alabama rolled. Uh, but then Cincinnati and Oklahoma, both in the noon slate, which we got to, which I had eyes on the Oklahoma, on the Oklahoma game. Uh, they did not look all that good either, especially on the road in Kansas, of all places. Oh, I know. I mean, Kansas kind of handed them the game in the second half. They had them not necessarily dead to rights. Obviously, it's a Big Twelve, but when you're down ten at half to Kansas, like. Do you really have an argument that you should be a top three, four team? I guess maybe this year is the only year you could say that. There so are like, not that great. There are like few teams where it's like an absolute no-no to even be in a contest with them, and Kansas is one of them. I think. Like if you're like, there are definitely ninety-five percent of college football teams you'd be like, hey, you know what? Was an off day. Still got, still took care of business. Won the game. Can't say that with Kansas. Kansas, no, Kansas is <laughs> it's crazy. They sent out like a press release saying anybody in the area don't need a ticket, just come to the game. We got something to ruin. Yeah. Anybody in Lawrence, Kansas, just gonna show up. I mean, they're they're thirty and a half point dogs this week again. Like they they are, <laughs> like you said, like they, they're one of the few teams where like that's unacceptable. Uh, not even the same case with like with Penn State. Like yeah, Illinois is bad, but like any given any given Saturday in the Big Ten, that's what it turned into, right? Um, but like that was really bad from Oklahoma. I'd be, I was pretty concerned with that. 
for that for their sake. Would have loved to see them fall, but yeah, I mean, going back to Penn State, you know, this was a team that everyone hyped up within the first five weeks of the season or so. Then it turns out they're just same old Penn State, and you know, Sean Clifford once again is not that great. The defense, I guess, is still solid, but. You know, once again, that's just not an elite program, and everyone wants to somehow proclaim them as such. Did you guys see James Franklin's performance today? Yeah, that was uh, yeah. that was interesting. What he said about, I mean, there was a bunch of interesting comments today about what people think of the USC job, um, and we could get to that. But I think that I don't think Sean Clifford's good, but I also think that Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford was severely banged up. Like uh, from what I heard, I didn't get to, I didn't get to watch much of the game at all. But from what I heard, he was playing at no better than seventy percent health, um, which is probably still a lot better than the backup, given the backup stunk. But uh, that's still like that's still less than ideal. Um, you'd think that they'd have enough talent elsewhere in the roster to to still be a team like Illinois. But when they're losing, when they lost a bunch of pieces on defense, the first one that pops pops off the page is uh, is Mustafer up front. Like it, that makes their job. You know, when you're missing guys like that and you're not as deep as you thought you were, things like this happen. Uh, losses to Illinois in nine in nine overtimes happen. So uh, one one big issue I have this week, and Ian, I know you're going to have it this week. It might come out in your, in your fraud of the week. But did you guys see the taunting call that was called in the oh, Iowa State? Iowa State. State? That, yeah. was, that was awful, man. Like, I mean, I sure call 15-yard penalty to take points off the board for that. Is sickening. I just don't. Yeah. I, I I can't get on board with the penalty or taking the points off the board. It was. What are you What are you doing? Like it's so stupid. I mean, that's one hundred percent on the refs. I mean, it's the guy is just like he didn't do anything wrong. It's like Dexter Williams throwing up the deuce on the way to the end zone. Like, are are you going to call that for every time? Like, who is it? Kenneth Walker daps up his teammate. Like, are you going to call that as taunting? Like. I don't. I see those all in the same yeah. category. I really, I really do. I yeah. really do. And like, I, I, I had no problem with Kyle Hamilton getting flagged for taking off his helmet on the opposing team sideline. Like, I really didn't. Like, that probably was taunting. I thought it was kind of fun. Um, yeah. But that one probably should have been flagged. I don't put this nearly in the same category as as what Kyle Hamilton did that day. Um, so that was pretty frustrating when I when I finally saw that highlight. I was like, why? Why? Why are we doing some? Why are we taking something that's really, really fun and making it not that way? Yeah, I agree. Uh, the only the big one that I want to touch on here is like this ACC race is really, really intriguing. Not because the teams are good, maybe they're good, but not because the teams are good. But it's no longer Clemson. Like they, they were, they were awful against Pitt. I watched a little bit of the extended highlights of that game, and they just did not look good. Kenny Pickett looked really, really good, and now it's a race between. Pitt and Wake Forest for the ACC championship because D NC I don't know if you saw this but NC State lost to Miami so like so did they really I, I yeah, literally did not see they that. lost they lost Miami 30, 31 30 um, so now now it's really just a two horse race it's it's Pitt and Wake probably on the fast tracks to to Charlotte um, which would wow. be a really interesting matchup uh, for the ACC championship game I'd really like to see it I hope it holds. I mean, that's does an undefeated Wake get in over you know one loss like Big Twelve or Pac Twelve champ? I'd I say think yeah. it has to. It has, it has to. to. Like, with it the way you've treated Clemson, the way you've treated yeah. Clemson in the past, you have to. Clemson's Clemson would have basically played the same schedule Wake did, right? Like yeah, yeah. In the past, let past years, right? Um, 
So, yeah, I, I mean, that's I, – I, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves still a little bit. Like, I know it's a conversation they have. A lot of work, have. Yeah. They have a lot um, of work to do in the month of November. But. They still gave up 56 points to Army. Yeah. Which is hard to do. They almost lost to Syracuse. I mean, they're, as good as Sam Hartman is, like, that defense is going to keep them in games in the yes. wrong way. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yep. it's going to make them play some great offense because that defense is having some trouble. Yeah, I don't foresee Sam Hartman – not playing the fourth quarter in any game, any remaining game in their schedule. He will be playing all four quarters because they'll probably need all the points they can get. Um, I have an interesting – before we move on to, to fraud of the week here, I have a really, really, really interesting, I think, debate that we could have. Of these four teams, and there's probably – there's a fifth – there's probably a fifth and a sixth that we can add. But of these four teams, what's the best one-loss team? Is it Iowa, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, or Kentucky? Of those four teams, what's the best team? Not Kentucky. Off the bat, I'm going to say not Kentucky. I think not Notre Dame. Iowa. I think Notre Dame would, you know. I have I, an I easier time saying Dame it's not. a clear top two. I have an easier time saying it's not. I have a much easier time saying who it's not than who it is. Yeah. And for my reason, for that reason, my answer is Old Miss because I went down the list. I said it's not Iowa. It, it just can't be Iowa. It's not Kentucky, although they've played well so far. I just don't think it's Kentucky. And I don't think that we are it either. I don't think it's Notre Dame. So no. that room, that leaves me with Ole Miss. And the kicker <clears throat> actually mentioned something to me uh, the other day. He, or Ian, you might, Ian, you might, I think you, you said it to you too. He's like, um, what? There's like a, there's, there's a chance here where Ole Miss, Ole Miss gets the SEC mm-hmm. West bid to the SEC championship game, where if, I think who who needs to lose? Alabama Damn. needs to lose. Alabama would need another lose. loss, which is very possible, and then Ole Miss wins out, and Ole Miss gets gets the wet gets the West bid and gets to play Georgia. Like, yeah, I mean, know. yeah, but their playoff chances is dependent on an Alabama loss like yes. in the regular season and beating the best team in the country. Well, well I, I I think I think <laughs> all of those teams that I just mentioned are any. Playoff chances are are, yeah. are very very slim and, and will be dependent on on help. But I, I think Ole Miss is probably the best team overall. Uh, I, what, does your answer change if I put Oregon in the mix? No, I don't. No. I don't think and Oregon. Is. I feel like I've been the person back in Oregon, uh, like just just because they're a one loss Pac twelve team. They're not that good. They're really just not that good. Um, Anthony Brown is – he's kind of just like an enigma on the offensive end, but he's not an enigma that can't be solved by defenses. Like, he – they're not that good. Okay. Uh, Does your answer change if I put Pitt in the mix? I mean, no. Their offense but, is great. I, I think, think they're, they're closer, the lesser version closer. of Old Miss. Like, yeah. explosive offense, not spectacular on defense. But, I, I mean, I would put Old Miss as kind of a better version of Pitt, which what a weird thing to say. I know. The <laughs> other – so yeah, uh, the other the other one lost teams, which I think, I I don't think Oklahoma State's better than any of those teams. I think the only other two that like would seriously be considered in this conversation, depending on how high you want to go, would be Alabama and Ohio State. And I think that does change my answer. That's, I think yeah, those. I, think those, those are, I actually think Ohio State. So do I. I think they're head and shoulders better. Yeah, yeah, I think they're. I think they're going to be who we thought they're going to be. They're going to shape into form a little bit. Um, yeah. And I, I said before, I'm 
I love my CJ Stroud pick. I think he if he just keeps throwing like four or five TDs and they find themselves in the playoffs, like they started figuring stuff out on defense. I think they made some changes. They got they got some new they got like they got more multiple on the back end and fix things up front. Like that defense is now coming to play as well. They definitely have the best passing attack in the country. That's there's no question. Nobody fans are butts about that. But with their defense starting to figure it out, uh, if we'll get to this later, but like I don't, I'm skeptical as to whether or not Michigan survives this week. But if Michigan were to survive this week and then take it undefeated into Thanksgiving weekend, I think there's a chance that even if they have, even if they carry the high ranking, that they get shit pumped by Ohio State. Oh, 100 percent. On Thanksgiving. I also, weekend. I don't want to spend too much time talking on like about Pitt because, like. Theoretic, like, really, what did they really do this weekend? Beat an average team. Like, just because yeah. the name's Clemson doesn't mean they're actually that good. But we're talking a lot about Wake Forest. If Wake Forest wins out, if Pitt wins out, are they in the mix? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, it's a loss to Western Michigan. That's going to hurt them. Yeah, early on, though. I think it's early yeah, on. I think, like, yeah, I, that loss that loss certainly doesn't help. But I think if we, if we know anything that – Early losses are way better than better than later losses, yeah. um, and that would be that would probably involve beating a pretty high ranked Wake Forest team. Uh, I don't think there's really anybody else left on, in the mix there. I think they still have to play North Carolina. Uh, I think it feels they have like you say, BC left. You say high ranked, but like this this season's like a little bit upside down already. Like. I just like don't even think about rankings right now. I just think about like yeah. kind of my gut feel for a lot of teams, just because like yeah. schedules have worked out weird. I don't like doing that, but I just think when you, when it comes down to it, you're gonna look at you're gonna look at resume wins and losses, yeah. right? And you have to kind of associate the ranking with what with what it means for your resume. So I don't like doing it either. It's just I feel like you kind of have to. Also, are we two weeks or one week away from getting our first college football playoff ranking? It's next week, I believe. After this weekend. It's usually first week in November. Right. They release it, so I believe it'll be next week. Where do you think Cincy ends up? <clears throat> Tuesday, Tuesday, November 2nd. Uh, D, you were right. Where does Cincy yeah. end up? In um, the first ranking, because I think the first ranking for Cincy is everything. I think they end up at two. Everyone else behind them has not looked as impressive or has a loss. The only team I could see them putting ahead of them uh, is like they- Oklahoma because they're undefeated. Or Ohio yeah. State, but you know they do have the loss. But Oklahoma hasn't looked better than Cincy, I would say. No, no. I think you have to put. I think it's one by seven against Navy. Like, yeah, that, if that matters, I think if they don't get a blowout win this week, like, like if if Cincinnati doesn't get like if they play if they want to fool around and, and play another tight game with another American team, I think they're they're in trouble. But if I think if they get a blowout win here. And Ohio State gets a blowout win against Penn State, which I think they will. Um, I think that could mean that it looks something like a Cincinnati, or so you look something like Georgia, Cincinnati, Ohio State, and then take your take your choice of Oklahoma or, uh, or Alabama. I think it would be Oklahoma, but yeah, I think Oklahoma's just a little fraudulent. Um, on that topic, should we move to the fraud of the week? All done. I think so. All right. Anyone so. want to take the first stab? Yeah. Pat Beverly. I'm going on a different sport again. I hate Pat Beverly so much. There's something going around about – did you guys see this? 
Yeah, where he was uh, like, it was yeah. Jonas Valanciunas. He was bodying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so and Jonas Valanciunas, first of all, Pat Bev is like, I don't know, 6'1", maybe, and Jonas Valanciunas is all of 7'1". Like, he's a, he's a, he would eat Pat Bev, easy. Mm-hmm. So, like, who are you kidding? And also, Valanciunas was just trying to shoot a free throw. Liddy was just standing at the free throw line, trying to shoot a free throw, and Pat Bev gets in his beak. Or not in his beak, in his, in his like, chest. He's not that tall, so I'm sick of this dude. Fraud of the week. That one was kind of off the dome. Yeah, I'll uh, yeah. I'm gonna go to the big. Um, I'll say I'll come back to football. I'm gonna go with the Big Twelve officiating crew. Um, yeah, that's poor. N- now, now known as the no fun police, um, taking things away like like fun celebrations that aren't even really taunting. Um, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with that officiating crew. Uh, in the Big Twelve. I'm gonna go. I'm more prepared this week. I'm gonna go with the NCAA rules committee. There is no reason that we should be having nine overtimes in a football game, like no matter who it is, in the game end 2018. Now, if it's everyone battling back and forth, touchdown and two-point conversions, fine. But there was like five straight missed two-point conversions. That's just not fun to watch, that sudden death play. Like football shouldn't come down to that. You should have to at least string a couple plays together and make a kick or something like that. Rather than, you know, just the one shot at the end zone. Like, you can have gimmick plays win a game like Illinois. Like, you know, they won. And kudos to them for stopping Penn State like five straight times. But I don't think that's how football games should end on like just one play. The college overtime had it perfect. I don't know why they messed with it. Yeah. NCAA rules committee, frauds. They tried to fix it after that LSU AM game, right? Is that what it Which was? Which will forever be one of my favorite football games. Favorite games. Yeah. It didn't need fixing. People, people like I don't know who got who it's got upset a... about it, but that's the reason they changed it. And then they got an even worse result. Like they got they got two more overtimes and it was it was half as exciting, if not less than that. Those yeah. I will say those two like I don't want to overreact because the NSA Rose committee kinda got shit luck because if you're gonna have two teams go deep into overtime the last two teams you're going to want to be is Illinois and Penn State. Like, yeah, that's a that's brutal true. time for, like, that rule to, like, come into a pl- come into effect. Like, I think it could be cool, but I didn't think it would be changing, changing either. I have two honorable mentions. Um, not that they're frauds, uh, so that's why I didn't put them up there, but Vandy got absolutely wrecked again. Um, Clark Lee, not nah, he's not a fraud, but, like, that – doesn't look like it's going to be a quick fix at all. Um, and we didn't bring it up in a playoff talk. Are we happy that Coastal lost, an undefeated Coastal lost, and we can just kind of see you guys? Like, No, it's kind of sad to see them lose, but if you looked at their schedule going into that game, it was absolutely horrendous. Their strength of schedule, like, it was worse than like nine FCS teams going into that yeah. game. I just never wanted to have – the conversation of like, oh, should Coastal be in a New Year's Six? Like, yeah, I don't, I know. So I, no. I'm a little happy they lost. I was happy they lost because I, like, I've made App State my Sun Belt team. Uh, I think like Boone, Boone's on my bucket list, um, like high on my bucket list, and I was pretty happy they lost, especially after App State had lost the week before. Uh, but I agree with Ian. Like, I don't, I don't think. I think this coastal team is very flawed. Uh, was not as good as their schedule said there was said they were, or the records said they were. Um, and there's a chance they would have stolen a bid from a more deserving 
you know, major conference team. You know, there's a chance that uh, there would have been a chance that like, hey, Michigan State gets left out or, or Iowa gets left out or, yeah. or, you know, something like that or <clears throat> Oklahoma State gets left out, right? Like those are all teams who I think would make for more competitive New Year's Six games, which is what we really, really want because that's, that's all I really do on those on those on those new year for those new year's games is watch is watch those. So, yep. Yep. All right. Should we move on to Notre Dame's probably best played game of the year? Mm -hmm. Most complete game for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's start, you know, the atmosphere in South Bend. I thought it was unreal. Probably top two. I'd put maybe put Michigan 2018 ahead of it. Yeah. I'd say Michigan, Michigan 2018 was better. I thought um, for the, for the whole day, I thought the I thought the stadium was a little more crowded as well. I think the stadium only hit seventy seven thousand for this one, uh, but it was but like you said, D, it was it felt really really good to be back in town for a rivalry game that we had some really good really good weather for, um, and a game that that kind of meant a lot to Notre Dame as far as what the second half was going to look like. How about South Bend weather showing up? Like it was just yeah. it was a great day overall. Weather helped. It was weird, like. I don't know. I know me and you were sitting kind of like we had good seats, but we were like yeah. caddy corner of the student section, which we haven't yeah. been in a while. Yeah, and I've never sat over there. Energy hits a little different that far I was away. Sit- I was sitting a little bit in front of you guys off off to your right. Um, and that was uh I thought the student section was like really, really cool. They were obviously mm-hmm. very much into it. I, I'd prefer to be over there, but I, you know, I can't complain about where where I sat either. Um, but I thought that the student section certainly bought it. Um, and the light show was like really, really cool. I just yeah. don't, I was expecting it to, once it started to go off, I was expecting it to get really loud. Like it did in Athens when we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it caught so many people off guard that they kind of had to like figure out what was going on at first. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's yeah. tough to really like just do a one-off thing like that. Give people go like, so you think of some of the big, like, the loudest environments it's things that have been going on for a while. Like you think of like renegade at Pittsburgh. Yeah. I don't want to say it, but whatever they do in Madison, like when people know what to do, like, yeah. and you don't have, and the majority of the, st- the stadium is like, you know, like 30, 35 and up. And they're trying to fumble yeah. with their phones, get their lights on. Like once they figure out how to do it, then like, you, but you need I to hope think. it's something. I hope they I hope it's something they stick to. Like I thought it was yeah. really I thought I thought it was really well done from like a production standpoint. I thought the lights were cool, the music was good. Um, I just think it caught people off guard and, and therefore they did not get all that loud as they were trying to process what was happening. If they stick to it and you don't have to worry about that next time because it's mostly season ticket holders and students anyways, uh, I think that'd be something they really they, they stick to. I'm back in South Bend this week for the for the North Carolina game. So I hope you know, I, I would love for them to see to for them to mix it back in. Um, only problem here is that the rest of the season, I know it sounds like they're struggling to draw, like they're struggling, they're going to be struggle to fill the stadium, um, which is somewhat disappointing. Um, so I just don't know if it'll be worth doing again for a night game if the stadium's not packed, but, uh, we'll see. I, I would love, to, I mean, I, I would like to see it again. One thing I'll say is that was the game still 24, three at the time, or had USC maybe scored their first it's, touchdown? I think it was 24, scored one. 24-10. Yeah, but the game didn't feel all that tense, I guess. And there wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like a very tense atmosphere and very electric. Like you weren't riding and dying on every play. No. I had fun and that. it was I had fun and the energy was up, but D, you're right. Like it wasn't so I've been in stadiums where 
the tension has been a lot higher. I never really felt like this one was in danger. Um, even when you even when USC made their push in the second half, I really felt like we were in danger. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, beggars can't be choosers a little bit because Cincinnati was electric because right. we were losing and we needed it to be. So, right, like, yeah. what do we want here? Like, we want electric stadium or you want a nice dominant win over USC? That's why, that's why like, the Michigan 2018 atmosphere where, you know, it was just, it was just so tense because I was, like, us, like, being back in a sense. Right. Yeah. We're back on the yeah. – yeah, welcome back to the national stage in Notre Dame. I mean, if USC was if USC was like top fifteen, yeah, that like oh crap, we're rolling them. It's like they're three and four. They fired their coach. It's yeah. I I didn't want to bring him up in fraud of the week either, but their new coach seems like almost just as much of a train wreck. What happened on that? What happened at the end of the first half, man? No, dude. Like how can how can you let that happen? They botched it. I mean, botched it big time. Notre Dame definitely won this game, but USC didn't do themselves any favors with their no. clock management and stuff no. like that. Their, the receivers, their receivers also were – like Drake London was kind of eating us up. And, like, I don't think they – I guess Slovis threw it 35 times, but, like – He threw it 35 times and 20 of the targets were for Drake London. Yeah. He had 15, he had 15 for 171. I, I just like think it was like mismanaged all over. Like USC was in no place to come into South Bend and win a night game. Yeah, I will say that. So the the funny TikTok that came out of last week was when they told that kid it was going to be forty degrees. Yeah, uh, and that was actually the running back for USC, and uh-huh. and he played well. Like I, I know he's a Texas transfer. Um, there were some holes, dude. There were some yeah. holes though. Yeah, he. I thought. I thought he. I thought he played pretty well. Um. So you know, kudos, kudos to him for that. Also, I mean, I. Finals were 31-16. Probably should have been 38. Yeah. Uh, probably yeah, should have been Could have been 41. Missed a field goal, too. We did miss a field goal. Yeah. Chip shot, kind of. Like 35. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a beat down. You know, the, the final score doesn't show it. But and like I said, USC was able to run the ball. But I think that was the plan the whole time. It's similar to yeah. was that 2019. Yeah, our senior year, 2019, that game plan where – they're not going to be able to just like get in the end zone by throwing the ball. Like we'll give them like most of their, a lot of their yeah. yards came on like the bubble screens and stuff. It felt like well, a very just, big, it felt like a very big keep everything in front of you day, right? Yeah. Like just just don't get just don't get beat behind you, which is fine. Also, no you could be a lot more like I don't want to say conservative, but like keep everything in front of you type defense when your offense is moving the ball the way we did. You know, it's like yeah. we didn't need to create a turnover. We didn't need to play the field position game. You know, like our offense was helping our defense out in that way, which it hasn't yep. in, in, in the rest of the season. You know, like yeah. for like Freeman has to be like, all right, we got to get a sack here. We got to get negative yards. We got to give our offense a short field and stuff like that. When you don't have that issue, your options are, you know, a lot more open. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought Tommy Reese did a hell of a job calling this game. Yeah, um, I think it, it, yeah, he okay. played the Jack Cohn strengths for the first time all mm-hmm. year. That's exactly what I was about to say. I think he finally he finally got. I mean, he. I, sh- I shouldn't just say Tommy Reese because it wasn't just him, but he and the rest of the staff and the offense, including Jack Cohn, finally found the right equation here. Let's move. Let's move fast. Let's use tempo to our advantage. Let's keep them on the. Let's keep them on the field, um, and let's not do anything too complicated. Like obviously, Jack Cohn has has a pretty accurate deep ball. Um, but that doesn't mean he needs to throw the ball deep on, you know, three plays out of every drive, right? Like, let's use some of the bubble screens. Let's let's use the slants. Let's use the outs. 
let's 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 dumb things down for him, and also let's move him off the line of scrimmage. They, there was a lot more shotgun. Um, yeah, very very rarely were they under center this week, except when they were. You know, they ran two QB snakes, which were which were effective, but uh, kept kept Cone out of the gun, let him throw the ball twenty eight times. I mean, he he had twenty he had twenty completions, but he only had one hundred ninety yards. So, yeah. yeah, like I think that kind of tells you how how they decided they were gonna, they were going to pick apart. Yeah, uh, so he had US twenty completions. He had twenty completions, and Kyron had 24, 25 carries. Yeah. But that is the formula that I want. It was a fun and formula. See, it made everybody else's job easier. Yeah. Like, open things up. That, like, good game plan and an executed game plan. Yep. That being said, Joe, like, line looks a lot better. When is Blake Fisher back, Slav? Uh, not not this week. Not so well, I don't think. I think it's. He, so he, he posted on Twitter a picture of him with the caption soon. So yeah. if I had to guess, this is what the plan would be to preserve. Yeah, read into that. Let's see. Yeah, I, I'm going to read into it. So <laughs> I, I think the plan would be Deep, if you're, you're right yeah. Brian Kelly and you're Notre Dame, it's, you know, let's preserve a year of eligibility. So bring him back for the last two games plus bowl game. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know, exactly right. And then he'll – I think he won't start. I don't think you want to mess with the starters, but he's going to get reps, obviously. I think he's too good to keep off the field. Is You know, you don't mess with the starters at that point in the season, especially when you have probably three people the whole right side of the line who are playing their last years of college football most likely. Uh-huh. You, know, you don't want to take away from them. Do you want to harm two other young guys who are probably going to start next year in their development who might need it a little more than Fisher on the left side? So I think you rotate him in. You get him reps at tackle, at guard, wherever – you know, give some other guys a break, but overall, I, I think he will be back at some point, but not in a huge role. He's not going to be a starting left tackle. Yeah, I thought the uh, I, I had a, I have a lot of kudos for the offensive line this week. I thought they played really well. I think, like I like I mentioned when we talked about when we talked after VT, like I think they finally found their five guys that that are going to work best here, uh, and they were not flawless, but when. And the the USC defensive line was really bad. They didn't they didn't play very well. Made the offensive line job a lot easier. Also, I don't know what USC was doing. Uh, Kelly talked about this in his press conference, but they played three they played three five three, which meant they only had three down linemen, which just inherently makes the offensive line's job a lot easier because they can get two double teams, and run away from the third guy, and you already gained three yards off the line of scrimmage. Right? Like, I mean, there are some times, and there were definitely some times that they missed. But on the plot, on the times that they missed, I thought Kyron was freaking phenomenal in making guys miss in the backfield. Like there was never He's really major neg- negative plays. We we should we should spend a lot of time on Kyron Williams. He deserves it. But yeah. there's never there was never really major negative plays because USC just didn't have the front to cause negative plays. And when they did shoot a gap, Kyron made them miss, which was just he was fantastic. I can't say enough about what Kyron Williams did this week. But the offensive line played really really well too. Uh, I think the whole team got to acknowledge it. Kyron acknowledge it in his post game press conference to say, "Hey, they're fig- they're figuring it out. Um, we're going to get this thing rolling for the second half, which, which I hope stays." Donna, I think you posed the question to me during the game, like, "When's the bat- last back like Kyron as a pass yeah. catcher, as a like, as a as a runner, as a run block, like the complete threat that Kyron is?" Like, I think you said the the right answer. Yeah, I mean. I, I honestly forget who I said. You said CJ. You said CJ Procise. CJ, yeah, yeah. CJ Procise could do it all. I think Kyron might be a little better. 
Yeah. Yeah. When it comes down to it, I mean, he's only in his third year of college football. And, you know, precise we saw in 2015, I think another year of experience. He was a true senior. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Kyron is just so, so good. And like you can tell that, you know, he's like the heart and soul of the team. You see the lights come on. He's just so fired up running around. Like it's just awesome watching him play. Like if we only get five or six more games of Kyron Williams, like, by the way, we're bowl eligible now. People forget. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. I will say, like, I was look. I actually found myself looking at the bowls and like, there's just such slim pickings if we don't win out here. So that's our new motivation to let, to win out. It's just like an actual competitive matchup. Yeah. Something fun to watch in December. Uh, Kyron Williams made a few plays outside of like making this people miss the backfield. I think one of my favorite plays that he made on the whole on the day was the third, it was a third down, and I think it was either in the third or fourth quarter. Uh, and we need it was like third and eight. We, um, it was a long eight, and Cone hit him on a on like he came out of the backfield and Cone hit him right in front of the line of scrimmage, and he just took care of it himself. He juked the first guy, and then as he was juking the first guy, spun out of the tackle of the second guy and picked up the first down. And maybe we could find the clip and put it up later. But, like, just, his his balance and his athleticism are just unmatched. He is, he's so freaking good. I think he, he went over 180 total all-purpose yards. Such a beast. I will say the one, my one gripe with the offense is not having Kyron in after Bo Bauer's interception. Yes, that was pretty, Let that was pretty rough. I didn't, I didn't love, I didn't love that 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 went the way it did. Where Bo Bauer, Bo Bauer makes a great play, takes all the way down the field, and somehow we go three and out. Like that, that mm-hmm. felt like it could have been. That felt like, oh shit, here we go again. Like we're back, we're back to what we did in the first half or early in the season, where offense is going to struggle to finish drives, and we're going to have to stay in a dogfight all day. Great play, Bob Bauer. Get that ball out of your hands, my man. You know, pull somebody's got to pull Caleb Williams. Like somebody's yeah. got to snatch that ball from him and be like, "Nah, I'm taking off." I See, mean, I, he, he had it. He just got tackled by the quarterback. Like, yeah. no, you can't get tackled by the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. He honestly, like on the replays, he did look fairly fast. I will say, any if Notre Dame needs a big play this year, like turnover, special teams play, I need to be in the bathroom. Yeah, Were you in the bathroom again? Again? Yes, once again. No way. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of every time uncanny. it happened, like every time. That's, that's unreal. <laughs> I mean, I wish it wasn't for you. But... I'll take credit for that. With the way I was just feeding Donna Modellas, <laughs> I'll, take, yeah, I'll yeah. take credit for forcing <laughs> to the big play to the big playroom. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> the big playroom. I'm going to use like that, that this weekend. <laughs> Yeah. Um, See, so, yeah, anything else I, we want to touch on here? Yeah, I want to touch a little bit more on the on the defense here. Also, I mean, shout out to the, some of the young guys on on offense. Uh, Styles and, yeah. and Colsey both had catches again, which is which is great. Uh, but on defense, uh, really good. Bracy got a Bracy got a game ball. Uh, mm-hmm. I was really impressed with the way DJ Brown came in. Um, DJ Brown is obviously not Kyle Hamilton, but I thought that he still played pretty well. Um, glad that they. Glad that they reviewed and got rid of the targeting because that was gar- that was awful. Um, but I thought DJ Brown played really well. I thought Tariq Bracey played really well. Cam Hart obviously continued to get to play well. Uh, but with Kyle Hamilton going down, we're gonna need some we're gonna need some some help on the back end. Clarence Lewis also played well, but 
gonna need the, gonna need that back end to step up if we're without Kyle for the next two or three weeks. Yeah, that that um, if he was out for the first half, what about what he been? When was that call? Uh, I thought it was, I think it was towards the fourth. Half. It was like I yeah, think it was on start of fourth quarter around there. Could be. If, completely yeah, I mean, wrong. if he was out for the first half, we'd be pretty thin. Very very yeah, thin. Um, yeah. One more thing I want to mention too: Sibo back. Yeah, Sibo's eight game suspension is over. <laughs> uh, it was a longer uh, than BK's usual one. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, one, two quick things here. Uh, we Notre Dame only punted once, which is great. Uh, I love I love Bramlett, but only having to see him once was was good. Uh, that's pretty reflective of of how well the offense was moving the ball. Uh, and then the only I think the thing that gave Notre Dame the most trouble were, were both watching the game and then on on a on a extended highlights rewatch. The only time Notre Dame had trouble was when they allowed they allowed the offense to get ahead of schedule and then the and then USC just ran a hurry up. Like the only the only time the Notre Dame had trouble was when they could not get their subs on the field. And that was mm-hmm. that was one of the touchdown drives where like probably a two and a half minute drive that USC went the length of the field because we couldn't we couldn't get off. That might be yeah. a little bit on the coaching, right? Like maybe that's worth blowing, you know, blowing a timeout early in that drive. But as soon as you can get, you know, it need the defense to good to be really, really good on early downs to prevent that from happening, especially with the lack of depth in the back end coming. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, we found ourselves needs. we found ourselves with Ramon Ramon Henderson on the field more yeah. often than we had liked. I think. Right, we found ourselves on skates with Ramon Henderson Henderson playing at nickel spot. So. Um, yeah, I think that's just something. I think North Carolina is certainly going to try to do that this week. Um, I, I would, that's something I would certainly attack if I was the offensive coordinator for, for North Carolina. But um, I, you know, I, I'd like to see their name kind of, kind of crack down on that um, from a defensive standpoint and, and make sure that, that they stay that they stay on their defensive schedule, not not necessarily just fold to what the offense wants to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I mean North Carolina still maybe to this point might be the best offense we face. I know Sam Howell isn't, you know, the guy that we all thought he'd be coming into the year, but all of a sudden he's become like a very legit rushing threat. Like he lead, I saw he led, leads all power five quarterbacks in rushing yards, which you know, admittedly I haven't watched a ton of that. Yeah. I mean, but I think a lot of that should take running for his life. Like yeah, he's just like, oh crap. Bad. They're all lines bad. So he just has to take off. Uh, so you say like Sam Howell hasn't been the guy. Like he has, he has all the talent we thought. He makes more like what the fudge decisions than I would have predicted. Uh, but I think that's hurting his draft stock. Draft stock. But like, if they piece it together, they're as lethal as we had thought. I think. Yeah, I, I think for sure. Like they, when they're on, they're on. With um, especially from the offensive standpoint where like they put up 45 against Miami um, which is not like a small number no matter who you're playing um, yeah so when they're on they're on but uh, they have not been consistently on uh, that's for sure there's uh, a 22 against Georgia Tech that kind of stands out right and I think they're they're coming off a bye this week I believe right I don't think they played last week yeah every, everyone um, comes off a bye before us yeah everyone comes off a bye. so they're coming off a bye which means I think they're gonna have their head on their shoulders offensively uh, especially with no Kyle Hamilton on the back end. I'm a little concerned about that, but with the way that the offense played last week, I feel like we could start to do a little bit more of what we did last year, where when we play when we play 
subpar defensive lines, we can, uh, you know, we can start to control the clock a little bit and make sure that, you know, they don't get as many possessions as, as maybe they had against Miami or in some of these other high scoring games. Let's, um, let's take the air out of the ball a little bit. Let's let Kyron go to work. Let's let Logan Diggs go to work. Chris Tyree should be back. Sebo uh, obviously got a touch. Um, so I think rely heavily on the run game this week. Win at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And I think that there could be – we could be in pretty good shape here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I could see this game being similar to the 2019 game where, you know, they – or. 2020, that was last year, yeah, where they get off to a hot start offensively. Josh Downs is a really good receiver. Yeah. And then maybe we settle in, you know, we won't have Kyle Hamilton, which is a similarity to last year. And maybe we settle down, start truly getting after Hal, because we saw what we did to Hal when we got after him last year. Yeah. You know, they couldn't do a damn thing. I think they you know, maybe didn't have a first down on offense to like the last four or five minutes of the game or their last possession of the game, because I think we had the ball for like seven minutes at the end of that one, but yeah. yeah. Oh, It'll be interesting to we, see what Freeman does. For throwing more names out there, like uh, I know Kelly mentioned it, Lorenzo Styles and Deion Colsey were uh, a part of this offense, and they're probably going to be a part of this offense going forward. Um, yeah. So I'm just like looking for more plays out of them. And I, I hope that we found something and it wasn't letting in a bottle, and then that's kind of our identity going forward. Uh, we didn't really have an offensive identity, so I hope – like, I know it's a tough game, but it's a great situation to solidify an offensive identity where you're going to rely on your offense and their defense is going to be there to be had. Like, there are going to be chances to be had to take advantage of. Yeah, I we'll see. I, I, I wonder, I wonder what, what, what North Carolina does coming off a bye from a defensive standpoint because coming off a bye, USC tried to throw something at Notre Dame that, that they hadn't put on film yet this year. And they got torched for it. It got blown up. Um, I'd be interested to see how UNC kind of learns from that. What their what their front seven or front eight is going to look like. What they're going to do as far as who they put in the box. Because if I'm again, if I'm them, I'm game planning to stop Kyron Williams and make Jack Cone beat you. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, let's see. Hopefully, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully, hopefully they still you know everybody still takes Jack Cone as a threat. And even if they do do that, let's let's abuse what Tommy Reese did well last week, which was give Jack Cone short, uh, short, easy throws um, and, and let receive, let your very athletic receivers go to work. I agree. Uh, do we want to toss in a quick score prediction right now? Yeah. Up there. I know, I know like Up there. it'll be, it'll be, uh, you know, We'll try to eliminate a few possessions here and there, but I still think points get on the board. I'm going to say 35-23. Irish. 35-23? 35-23 Irish. See, I think, I think we should have gotten into the 40s last week, and I think this game might be even more fast-paced. I don't think Carolina's defense is even as good as USC's. I think we crossed that 40 mark. I'm going to go 41 to 27 i think they put up points and one of those touchdowns is late and kind of garbage but i guess i guess i am like i think i'm gonna change it too i think they put up points too just because with cal hamilton but i don't think we lose i'm gonna go around judano okay. 42 okay 31 fair that's still a cover yeah 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 we're only looking at three and a half this week so it shouldn't take too much i got 38 28 
I think that they're going to they're they're going to score their touchdowns and that's fine. But I think Notre Dame puts together another offensive performance like they did last week. Um, like we like we all said earlier, like they they should have they should have gotten across the forty mark. Um, I don't think there's a reason that they can't get back up to forty against this, uh, a lesser of a defense. I just don't think they're going to be. I think Notre Dame's going to do what they can offensively to 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 move the clock um, and to run the clock a little bit. So I'll go. I'll stay under forty, but I'll go thirty-eight twenty-eight. Um, Irish team total over. Uh, yeah, I think that could be a good look this week. I also think that only puts you. I think that actually does take the over. So I think the number is sixty. Okay. Uh, uh sixty-two and a half. So, it's oh, a good number. Yeah, we're right. We're right on it. Uh, Ian, I know you got to go soon. Do you want to do picks with us, or do you want to? Uh, you want to? I would love to squeeze in some picks for you guys. All right. So we're all we're all taking Notre Dame to win, right? We don't got to mm-hmm. talk on that one too much. And cover. And cover. Notre Dame's going to cover. I'll, I'll put that on the sheet. I got the next game I have on the board that we should discuss. Discuss is Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, the game is in East Lansing. Uh, Michigan State is four and a half point home dogs. Also, forgot to mention this off the top. Happy Jalen Watch Jackson week to everybody. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes. Played an unreal clip. Um, My favorite. I don't know what's better. Time. I don't know what's better. Like the actual play, realizing he broke his hip and his entire team. Yeah. Like, he broke his hip on the initial tackle and this entire team piles on him, or just the reaction on Harbaugh's face afterwards. Like, it you was, had to pick was one of those. My favorite's Harbaugh's face. I really, I really, really. Mine's not even a visual thing. Mine's really just an, an, uh, hearing, hearing the call. Like yeah. hearing the call. I, I swear, I watch it six or seven times every time I see the video. My, I think my favorite thing is like when the clip first comes up, you're glancing at the situation, the game score, clock down in distance, and realize, and then you realize Michigan somehow loses that game. That's my favorite. Yeah. Thing. Yep. Yep. Sparty. Oh, that was right. awesome. Sparty. I'm taking Sparty. Sparty. D? I, I honestly think the smart pick is Michigan here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't bring myself to do it. I'll be – I might throw on my Michigan State uh, 1979 basketball, NCAA basketball champs shirt. Wow. Uh, for no. just, just to watch this game. And, yeah, I'll ride with Sparty. I, don't even, I didn't even ask what the spread was. I don't care. Yeah, I think it's yeah, like three yeah. and a half Michigan. It's That's four and a half. It's, it's four and in a half. East Lansing, though. Get yes, it is in East Lansing. I think I think people really really like this Michigan defense, which is fair because they're really good. Uh, I like the Blake under Gorm, here. On, it was fifty and a half. I think the last time I saw it. Let's see if it's still that. It's it's still fifty and a half. All right, we'll uh, we'll move rapidly here. Here's another interesting. What do you line. got, Seth? I got, I'm sorry, I got Sparty. Obviously, uh, <laughs> fuck the entire state of or, or University of Michigan. Uh, we got Sparty. <laughs> I'm a Kenneth Walker stand this week. Um, the next, other another noon kick. Also, that Michigan Michigan State game is a big noon kick. So if you can help it, uh, I'd, I'd get eyes on that one. Uh, Iowa goes to Madison to play against Wisconsin. The total in this game is 36 and a half. So that should tell you that should tell you something. Should, should uh, we pick the total? <laughs> yeah, let's pick the total. Let's do both. And then Wisconsin is three point favorites um, at home. What do you guys wow. think? Iowa. I thought- like Iowa, Iowa, Iowa for me. I like I didn't even know the spread, and that's gut reaction. Like I know their offense is bad. We saw that against Purdue, but Brad Mertz is also worse. And Wisconsin's defense is not as good as Iowa's. I think I think 
Wisconsin might have turned a corner in the game against Purdue. This is me just blowing shit out of my ass. But, you know, they put up 30 points. That's a hell of a lot more than Iowa did against Purdue. Uh, I think Wisconsin has a better defense than Purdue does. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the Badgers. I think they can get them by a touchdown. Do you guys I just have don't total? know if Iowa can score. Um, That's a low total. That's a pretty cool over. I'm going to go 20 to 13. I'm going to go 20 to 13 final. So I'll take the under. Under Ian, Ian, you said you're over. Yeah, I mean, that's a plug my nose and do it, but I think it goes over. Yep. So I'm on Iowa in the over. Um, I I think that Graham Mertz is going to throw three pick sixes. <laughs> that should be enough to get me to cover and the over, uh, giving everything else that's going to happen in the game. Uh, not really. I don't really. Not really scared of Camp Randall uh, at noon anymore after watching Penn State go in there and win in Week One. Um, all right, other games we have on the slate. We're going to stay in the Big Ten because it's a ranked first ranked matchup. Big uh, Ten week. It, it is a Big Ten week. We I've been waiting for this week for quite some time. It's been circled on my schedule. Um, from Columbus, Ohio, Ohio State is 18.5 point favorites at home against a reeling Penn State. Um, again, the main reason this one's on the schedule is because it's a ranked first ranked matchup. But uh, what do you, who do you guys like here? Again, the number's pretty big at 18.5. There's blood in the water. There's, yeah. there's blood in the water in Columbus. Yeah. Um, and it just would be a lot more fun to be on Ohio State's side in this one, so I'm going to take that. CJ yeah. Stroud Heisman. I just can't see Penn State keeping this one close. Like, they're just – like you said, they're reeling. And Ohio State is just scorching hot right now. Speaking of scorched earth, I think that – Ohio State is going to try to every week from here on out is going to try to remind mm-hmm. yep. the country what what this team actually is, not what they put on the field against oh, or against Oregon. Uh, I really think that this one could get super ugly, like four touchdowns. Um, so I'll take Ohio State laying laying the eighteen and a half at home. Possible weather going through Columbus. We should keep an eye on that from a total standpoint, uh, where it's the total is sixty. I don't hate that under because I don't know if Penn State's going to score. Um, last game, last game we're going to look at. Um, last last game we're going to look at is another rank versus rank matchup. I really, I think this one's really, really good football. I, I, I kind of hate that we're at the seven thirty slot this week, but it is what it is. Uh, Ole Miss goes to Auburn uh, for a seven p.m. start in Jordan Hare. Auburn's a three point favorite. Man. Auburn keeps sticking around. Like it's like I, I never think they're that good, and then they're just still like okay, like they're right in that slot, like below Georgia, Bama, and the SEC, where it's like enough to stick around. Honestly, I think Auburn's a lot better than the Tennessee team that Ole Miss faced a couple weeks yeah. ago. Um, and given it's at Jordan Hare, uh, that's a night game. That's going to be that place is going to be on fire. Um, I think Auburn's defense is good enough to get enough stops, and Ole Miss's defense is not good enough to stop Bo Nix. It's yeah. more so, you know, running game. But either way, I, I think Auburn covers at home. This is a tough one. This is far away the toughest pick for me. I think. Um, I just don't think Ole Miss is good enough yet as a football team to go ten and two. Um, I know we were talking about it earlier. It's definitely possible, but this is like, it's just tough to navigate a schedule. And this is such a tough environment, I think. Um, 
over, first of all. Don't know what the number is, but over. Oh, and I then um, I, I'm, God, I, have to, I think I got to go Auburn. You got to go Auburn. The total yeah. is 66. I'll probably root for Ole Miss. Actually, I don't know, but I think I got to go Auburn. Damn. I really like Matt Corral. I really like Lane Kiffin. So I probably will be rooting for Ole Miss, but I think the pick is Auburn. Yeah. because I actually think uh, – oh, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think the pick is Auburn. I wish Auburn was a dog here, but they're not. I know, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think – yeah, Auburn. Auburn because I think they're going to win the football game, uh, and I don't think – you know, three, three, three seems like right the right number. We might Vegas all push is, on this. They, I think Vegas is begging you to take Ole Miss. I think they are, too. It, it's, uh, it's a very – it's a rat line, and I was quite close to the cheese. I will not fall for it. Ian, I know you have to go. Do you want to give us your uh, your lock of the week real quick? If you have one, if not, we can we can punt on it. And I can put it on the uh, I can put it on uh, the, yeah punt. Right, uh, I'll, 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 I'll get I'll get it to you and we'll put it on socials. But uh, no, I don't have anything right now. I'll look, I'll look at the slate. Mine, mine. Just for the record, I want to put this out there now. It's two. It's Tuesday at seven p.m. I will be taking the Georgia Bulldogs minus 14 in the cocktail party. Good pick. Good pick. D, do you have one? Um, yeah. I'm looking at this Pitt-Miami game. Mm. The over-under is only sitting at 61 right now. And those are some teams that have put up points this year. I'm going to take the over there. It's a good pick. Let me see if I can conjure something up from the slate real quick. Real quick. This is, Other this game. Is, this has worked for me all year, right? <laughs> you off the dome. Uh, other game I looked at was Rutgers minus one and a half. What about – let me take Wake minus 16 and a half. Cool. Against like Duke. That one as well. Yep, I like that one as well. That was the other game I was looking at. Wake minus 16 and a half. All right, I got it. Awesome. All right, fellas. Uh, I know this one's a quicker one, but – uh, but I'm glad we got together to do it. Uh, Ian, will you be at, back out this weekend? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to work out, but I'm uh, trying to. It being okay. a night game actually helps me. But uh, if I do, I hope I see you. I hope you. Yeah, have well, let me know. I'll be with the. I'll be with the kicker all week. Fantastic. Bring home a dub. Bring home a dub. Certainly going to try DLC soon enough. I'll be down in New York soon. Sounds good. Talk all right, guys. Go Irish. Go Irish. Go Irish. Go Irish.